Hello, this is Tom. I play guitar and sing in Guardian Singles, and I'm here to talk about our new record, Feed Me to the Doves. Before we get into talking about Feed Me to the Doves, I wanted to do a bit of reflection on your last record. What's it like looking back on your debut and what does the timeline look like when it came to starting your new one? Uh, yeah, the first record, I'm very fond of the first record. Sometimes with other records that I've done in the past, you kind of never really want to hear them again. With the first Guardians record, I still I still really, really um, enjoy listening to it occasionally. Um, it's been interesting listening to it back after this new one has come out because it's, I mean, sonically it's got a very different tone. It's very, you know, garagey sounding, I suppose. And we did, uh, Durham, our guitarist, recorded it at Whammy, which is like a concrete bunker, you know. And that kind of really worked to its advantage. Um, but I mean, kind of, I guess like, and like the, the vibes of it, I think, have changed a little bit on the next album, uh, the, sorry, this one, because, you know, everyone was in different places and stuff. It, it isn't quite like, it definitely wasn't a pandemic. It wasn't like something we started doing because of what was happening in the world, but it, obviously it's a catalyst, like you, no one could really avoid it. There were some other things that I, I think a lot of people who, anyone who does anything creative, I think, wanted to have this high output in that time and I, I remember thinking to myself oh yeah I'm gonna write like three graphic novels and probably about four solo albums and shit like that and and then you end up doing fucking nothing because it was just it doesn't work like that and I think that feeling or talking about that feeling kind of came in to to this album because it was a bit of disarray or whatever or kind of the idea of like people collectively experiencing a sort of spiritual chaos About half of Feed Me to the Doves was written, I guess, you know, early 2020, then recorded 2021. But then there's like five songs on there that we just wrote in the studio, or about, yeah, four maybe. Um, so I, I think kind of different sort of like, in different sort of shapes and forms, they were floating around since kind of the end of the first album. Before starting, was there anything you wanted to try out on the new album that you hadn't done before? And did any of those early ideas make it onto the album? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I don't really think I'd end up trying out any of it. I mean, I, I think that we there was there was some kind of just like geeky stuff that I wanted to do just to do it. And what I'm one thing I, that springs to mind is um there's this like Mike. Miking technique, vocal technique that David Bowie, um, is it Michael Visconti? Like the guy that produced Heroes by David Bowie does that thing where once you sing loud it's like the gated microphone so as he got louder 
a compressor opens up another microphone at the other end of the room and so it's like a kind of reverb when you get loud and it's this cool thing and I was talking to Steve about it and he was just like bro there's just like no point <laughs> doing that <laughs> like the way you sing it's like just not gonna work and I was like alright and I mean honestly some songs I kind of wanted to put key like actually some more keys in and stuff like that we, we had a keyboard on the first album as well um, Maddie Peach Milk Played, played keys on that. The way that it ended up sort of sounding and feeling like it, it didn't it didn't feel like just adding that stuff was necessary. Where was it that you recorded the album and who did you work with on production? Uh, we recorded it with Stephen Marr. Uh, from the bands, he was formerly of the band Dopra um, and some others um, and we recorded Roundhead in Auckland, we were lucky enough to do that so Steve, we really trust him and I also kind of get quite aware of not wanting to micromanage someone he, he, he really sort of came to us with the album, he had some time available to him and he was he was able to secure to secure some development funding as a producer and, and so he chose us to work with. And then just, and so, you know, we wanted to respect that. And I also, I do trust him because of his other music. Sounds like absolutely phenomenal anyway. Um, and, and actual bands, that, like taste-wise, like I, we, knew, we were mates anyway and knew each other. So I knew kind of, it wasn't something that I really felt like we had to explain to him. Yeah, and, and you know, he had me using different pedals than I'd use live, or I was trying out some different guitars and stuff. Um, and in a way, like I didn't, because of the way that it's set up recording, like I didn't really hear it until it's it was mixed and stuff. But I, yeah, I'm kind of glad we just left him to his own devices with that. Yeah, he definitely kind of was encouraging me of the more, I guess, unhinged parts of it, or just like not trying to hold back. Or, and I, I think that, yeah, I mean, embarrassing to admit, but I, I think there's a certain amount of affectation that can come out when you're trying it when you've got this idea in your head about what a song is and stuff you're still like a teenager with the mic with a hairbrush and 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 kind of like doing your robert smith voice or whatever that you know and, and i think he just got me doing it so much like physically that it just sort of just something else kind of snaps and you're, you're not really kind of um pantomiming anything and and i think that was a kind of interesting thing to just giving these giving this kind of style of music this quite high level treatment was um yeah, kind of a kind of a new experience for me.
starting at the top of the record, Chad and Stacy is the opening track, and it was also the first single from the album. What about this track stood out to you to have it as the first taster of the album? I feel like it, I wanted to do something because we were away for so long. You kind of wanted to exp- like do something explosive as the first thing that people hear. That's like there's no sort of pissing around with any long intros or something. We just wanted to be like, God, and it's and it was actually also quite a instant song to write as far as that was one that we'd had for like about I don't know maybe a year or something before we went to the studio so that was one we'd had played live quite a bit um and it's just like super fun to play and and having a a sort of shorter song that's like leaving people wanting more is the idea and people feeling like oh like oh cool well I'll I'll keep going (laughs) and yeah so that was that that was the sort of ethos or the modus operandi behind putting that first yeah I really love what Stephen did with this one. I like kind of he gave it sort of a gothy feel almost. I think he's done with with a couple of the songs. And he again, he sort of pushed me on the vocals. I had a couple of different verses for this one. And it's sort of about like, it's just sort of an idea I had about depression being almost like an app, almost like a mode of personality or an app that's kind of, yeah, it's almost kind of like a, a, a mental application that's sending you misinformation. And this idea about like kind of a fragmented self, and it was sort of wider ideas. There was some kind of, unfortunately, some sort of personal things that were happening in my life that got me feeling a bit more exposed with some of the songs, I suppose. But yeah, that was the thing. I guess by the time you're in the studio, it's probably good not to overthink it. Yeah. So me playing that song on my own felt probably even more emo than it does now. But the kind of treatment, and I really love Durham's guitar in it. Like it's this kind of quite almost nursery rhymey skipping like it sort of lightens it somehow and yeah um and i really love the the way the um the rhythm kicks in with vicky and fee um yeah
I love the way this one came together. We had this one for a bit longer as well. We were playing this for a while live. Um, I wrote this when I was just down on the South Island. My wife was working on a movie, and I was staying in this kind of nice place, St. Bathans, by this sort of artificial lake. And, yeah, just sort of wanted to do like a... Um, like a more dancey song, I suppose. And then it just sort of, you know, just devolves into chaos at the end, like a lot of our stuff. Living under a systemic delusion It's sort of like a respite from the rest of the album. It is like a deeply personal one. It's about a friend of mine passing away um, in quite tragic circumstances. But I just sort of wanted to sort of meditate on what, as, as a kind of far as like an atheist or whatever that I am. There was another death in my family of um, my niece passed away and she was a day old. And so I was thinking about death a lot and not wanting to sound morbid about it, but just the idea of like in the middle of all this other stuff that was that I've been talking about does suddenly feel very petty. You know, it, it seems like there was a lot of stuff that I'm just 
there was a lot of chaos around um, that, that people were collectively probably experiencing. It felt like people were anyway from where I was standing. And it just kind of got me sort of try to, I had to sort of stop and breathe. I stopped, I mean, I, around that time, I kind of just, I feel like I, like a lot of people, I was probably self-medicating a bit too much. And so it just, it's just the, yeah, it was like a bit of a meditation on a soul or what, what someone means to you and what a soul is and kind of just where we are in, in the cosmos and stuff like that. Just some bigger ideas that don't really, I've never really kind of touched on in any songs before, but yeah, it was, it's my version of what I guess a prayer would be. Yeah, I mean, I, I like we wrote this in the studio. I mean, I like I like the way it came together. I think I had the I had the little guitar melody, and um, I really like how sort of drenched that Stephen kind of kept it and stuff. Um, yeah, it's it's kind of again, it was just like a nice song to play. Like it, it didn't really seem to try and be anything that 
more more than itself. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So it just, yeah, it was just and it just felt to to do something pretty was like sometimes like a you can do that as a protest sometimes to some other ugliness around you. And I just wanted to like I don't know. It's as close as we get to cute, I think. Um, but yeah, um, it's kind of a song about Auckland or me missing Auckland and me thinking about like being like a young person in Auckland and just sort of being in your own sort of, I think I said it before, but like kind of like liminal space and yeah. kind of had an idea that I wanted to sort of bookend the album in a fairly sort of frenetic kind of way um like it's sort of 
like the kind of towards the last few songs, I feel it kind of like becomes quite like almost nebulous or sort of drifts into this sort of like drifts out to sea a bit, and then it kind of like the last song sort of comes back and it's like kind of full on, but it's also just like I don't know. I just wanted to put my middle finger up to those fucking fuckwits, bunch of racist dickheads with a messiah complex. Pulse is rising, national tantrum, Jingo, Jingo, why don't you 